Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees. Their multicultural mess and secular scam. I hope you're doing a, a great, my friend, and I hope you are having a great day. It is bright and early and yes, uh, I am doing the podcast a little early today because it's sunny. It's a beautiful day, it's not very hot and I'm actually loving it summer is always great and I hope you're having a great time wherever you are um, today's episode is on something um, in, the, in the same uh, spirit as my podcast yesterday um, the episode is on what can we learn from events what are uh, the currents that form our waves okay um, and we're talking, we're going to use the Holocaust, uh, the killing of 6 million Jews in Nazi Germany. What can we learn from that? Okay, so why did the Holocaust happen and why was it so bad? Um, in order to understand that, okay, in order to understand that, we're going to go to a different situation completely different situation one that involves Indians we're going to understand it from our angle okay so about a hundred a little less uh, 150 years ago Indians started going to East Africa and East Africa um, you know they went there as workers laborers Uh, the British colonization was coming to an end and as they came to an end uh, the Indians were there they were one two and three generation indians we say indians at that point we're talking of the entire indian subcontinent which included bangladesh which included uh modern day pakistan india so on and so forth and i think maybe sri lanka i'm not sure so all the people in the indian subcontinent went there um and sure um they went there as workers laborers and slowly they started doing business as they do anywhere else and when they started doing business, they slowly got economically better off, rose up the ranks, and by in a hundred years they economically colonized the area, East Africa, Uganda, but ninety percent of the economics was controlled by Indians, and the locals were treated as third class, uh, literally third class. The locals were treated horribly. Uh, the Africans were treated like third-class citizens, not really, um, not really well treated at all. Um, there was the English, there was the Indians, the Asians, and then there was the Africans really at the bottom. Um, one of the reasons I studied it, because some of my family members were involved, um, and these are pretty much the first stories I learned growing up. I was not born then, but um, this is the first stories I heard growing up because uh, my family members had come back home to India and, um, you know, they started living, had to find a place to stay. So they lived in our, in, in our ancestral home. And um, they were sort of stuck in the middle of nowhere. Um, at that time, my grandparents were alive and they... I, they passed, they've passed away since, and I, I don't know my grandparents, but I know my, um, I know the stories, and uh, 
I have a way good one picture image uh, one image of them leaving afterwards to go to another country um, but that was the only image I have but many questions were left and I remember these are the first stories I remember recall as a child and growing up I I could not articulate when I was young but when I grew up I started to ask questions and no one wanted to answer but as I did research I found out that 90% of the colonization of the land economic colonization was by South Asians now think of the locals okay think think of the locals uh, the locals who were Africans who been colonized in this area uh, by the Indians economic colonization that I means they don't have control of the economics they don't have control of the money they're still workers you know third-class workers in their own country um, then before that they had the British before that they had some Arabs before that they had uh, other Islamic invaders I mean it never stops uh, at one point they were angry at one point they were suffocating they said enough is enough that anger suffocated them exploded into someone called Idi Amin and Idi Amin then uh, started a genocide where he told the Indians you have to go back home the Indians were like we are home uh, they said no no you're not from here if you follow a different culture you treat us badly you think you're different you live differently you're isolated you live isolated uh, you don't mix with that with the locals you treat them as third-class citizens why should we think that you are part of us this is not your home you don't treat us the same you have different values for different people. You think that we are dirty people. Uh, we're not untouchable, but they really treated the, the locals badly. Some sections of society, yes, but not everyone. Most of them were third-class workers. Um, this is what I heard, learned from my research, okay? I'm, not gen I'm generalizing, so you know, it could be different for each individual situation. But look, this is what I learned. And as a result of which, that social conflict, injustice, exploded. Boom. And you got Idi Amin. He, he called for the Indians to go back. And when he did, they did go back. There was sort of a, a genocide. And there was a lot of people that were killed. Mostly of his local people, he lost power. And because he lost power, and then after that, it was over. But that gave, finally, the... Um, Ugandans freedom real freedom where they started controlling their own economy okay he was the one who bought it back and although immediately the world condemned him because this was like a genocide but everyone even today you ask anyone about Uganda they say well uh, Uganda Idi Amin but the guy was not there for very long he was there for what six to ten years not much and but the whole world only knows Uganda by Idi Amin but there's a whole different um concept there's a whole different journey um that needs to be redacted and there's a lot more to uganda besides that um and he's gone a long time ago he's dead and gone uh they've still got issues but the thing is never anyone has gone back to um introspect and as a result of this the the trauma 
and the bubbling of the conflict of society still happens and we have not learned from that situation we go to other countries we want to colonize the economics because we're good in business and we say oh but we're good in business we're helping you and how are you running your business are you treating the people well are you isolating yourself you living on plantations you you separated from society you segregate society uh, you live in your uh, little communities you live in your little zones uh, you think that's going to be nice when you go to someone else's country no you're not going to live uh, be nice and as a result of that, it's going to explode. Uh, you don't, uh, you have to give equal opportunity to everyone. You have to literally be, um, treat everyone as equal. You have to give, let the locals, remember you're not from that land. You're from another land. And if you do not give the locals equal opportunity, they're gonna rise against you and they're gonna kick you back. Uh, and you degrade the locals, something's gonna happen. Um, so if we in India kick the British out and the French out and the Portuguese and say, this is our land, you don't treat us well, social injustice, go back to where you came from, someone else can do the same thing to us. Why are we, uh, why are we not taking our responsibility? Aren't we supposed to do, you know, apply the same moral values that we ask someone to apply to us? And we apply it to someone else. Why are we victims always? We're victims in India by the British. We're weak, and we are victimized by the Africans who we are the ones who are colonizing them. We are ones segregating society uh, and treating others as uh, unequal. That's not correct. So there was segregation, there was injustice, and it just ballooned of the generations. Um, and I've asked a lot of people in Africa, what is the reason generation after generation people stay on this uh, Africans let others um, colonize them what? economic colonization ideological and I said, and he said Africans are lazy I said, what? don't tell me that I mean, I've never seen an African that's lazy uh, they work so hard all the time, uh, I've never seen an African's lazy, it's fantastic um they're fantastic people. Uh, and this is an African person who I spoke. He says, no, no, look, we're lazy people. When we go to Africa, we're lazy. When we come here, we don't have anything to depend upon. We have to work. So all of a sudden, we have to get out of our, think out of our um, uh, circle, our comfort zone. We have to work. And that is not how we live in Africa. Because in Africa, everything is available equally. You pull up fruit from a tree, you get fruit. You get uh, local, you have local farms, you have food. You don't have to work for your food. Uh, you know, life is, uh, life has given them everything. They have given them all the, com- all the necessities in life. So they don't have to think ahead. They don't have to, they will always have food to eat because of, uh, you know, the capacity to produce food. Um, local farms their pigs, their chickens, their hens. And this is how it works. So um, they're lazy. They don't think. They don't plan. They don't have to, you know, they want to take a day off. They'll take a day off and they'll get work somewhere else. There's always, always something. Um, And they have no structure. They are lazy. They don't want to work. You get them to work. They come half day late, half day. They go half day early. So it's very difficult to get labor. And that has caused a problem. Always left a void in society. When there's a void, people will fill it. Well, the rest of the world, life is not so easy 
you go to Europe, it's cold. You go to North America, it's cold. You have to struggle to survive. And that struggle has always meant that you have to think ahead. You have to plan your survival. Life is not as easy as it, it, you think. Um, and because you have to plan, uh, you're always, you have a structure. And that structure means you can be better. You don't have sunshine 365 days a year. South America is the same, you see. Um, um, India, um, well, we used to have structure. We don't. And we got people, we had so much structure that people came, took over our land, and then put their structure, and now it's gone haywire. But because we had everything, we had land, we had good climate, we had good atmosphere, we had gold, we had everything, we had so much. And then we lost it because we were on the back foot. We were like, oh, okay, we have this, something of the same mentality. Oh, we have this all the time. We don't need to think ahead anymore. You know, life will give us, our civilization will give us what we always have to think ahead, always have that structure. You don't have the structure, you forget the cycle, cycle after cycle, it's not going to come back to, to do anything for you. You're not going to pray and life's going to help you. So that's important. Um, we've forgotten the cycles, but when we had those cycles, when we understand the laws of the cosmos, the cycles, the dharma, um, the currents that form the waves, we were structured and we had a better life. Uh, we've lost that. We've got some of it back, but we've lost that, and that's important. Um, but Africa has completely lost it. Um, Africa's completely lost it. They don't take their responsibility and they've lost the concept of that structure, the cycles of nature, uh, the currents that form the waves. And so they think life is going to give it back to them, some tr food in the crop, uh, in the trees, some crops they grow, grain, wheat, uh, barley, and uh, fish. They've got fish, they've got, you know, meat. And they get, life gives them. At one time when it, it gets over, you can't get anything more. And that's when you get poverty and that's when you sink and you have a void and then you have colonization. Someone or the other, whether it's internal or external, will fill that void. And as a result of which, you have injustice in society, uh, so, uh, society so, so, social turmoil, and it explodes. And that explosion came in the form of idiomine. Uh, and that's Africa's problem. That is the problem of Uganda and the East Coast. We were in that void. We took advantage of that void. We never had that conversation. We never went both ways. We exploited that void and it came back to hurt us. Then we started crying. But whose fault is that crying? Ours. We didn't understand the civil situation. We just took advantage. But that is the lesson we learned. Now go take that same lesson. We go to the Holocaust. You have the Jews. What people don't understand is that different types of Jews, Jews are not all the same. Okay, the different sections of Jews in society. For the last, no, until about 1600 or 1700, um, the Jews were all considered Orthodox or ultra-Orthodox Jews. And by the time of the Reformation in Europe, the Jews started changing with Europe, because now they've become European. So they've changed with Europe as Europe is going to Reformation, Jews are going to Reformation. So you have open Jews, liberal Jews, you have secular Jews, uh, you have modern Jews, you have Orthodox Jews, and you have ultra-Orthodox Jews. The ultra-Orthodox and the Orthodox 
never changed. Okay, the Orthodox changed a little bit. Not much, but they changed. It's good. The ultra-Orthodox obviously don't change. Who are the ultra-Orthodox Jews? The ones you see with the black hats and the black coats. And you see them in Jerusalem. You see them in England. You see them in New York. Uh, Manhattan. I think it's uh, New York. I don't know which part of New York. Um, you see them in Canada, in Australia. You see Jews all about the place. Uh, and these are specific ultra-Orthodox Jews, otherwise known as Harudim. Uh, they were the epicenter of the problem. Okay, um, their epicenter of the problem. They were mostly in Poland and Lithuania, and ninety-five percent, ninety to ninety-five percent of them were eradicated. The epicenter of the Holocaust was Poland and and uh, um, Lithuania. So, when Poland and Lithuania was the Jews were practically wiped out there. Nothing, I mean, they were just gassed. Okay. Who are these people? These people are those who come from 3,000 years of currents and waves of journeys in life. And they live like they live in, uh, in uh, 1000 BCE or 900 BCE in Jerusalem, they live like that. They live with the same customs. They have not changed. They have not taken their responsibility. They have not evolved. They have not adapted. They want to live on their little community, segregated from society, just like the uh, like the um, people in uh, Asians in in Uganda. They live in. They do not mix. They will not marry in, uh, marry outside. They will not marry inside. Uh, sorry, outside. They will not send their children to outside schools. They are poor because they live in their own communities. Uh, they do not engage in in contributing to society, but they want society to caretake for them. Okay, so that means you have to. Uh, pay them or you have to help them with food and, and business but they do not create employment they are a burden on society at least in 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 uganda the indians were creating the jobs economics but they were abusing or mistreating the economics were so strong that they were mistreating the local um the, the local uh what do you call they were, they were mistreating the local Africans. And so that was a problem. Here they were, they were the ones who were mistreating, sort of segregating themselves. As a result of the segregation, they were, they, they were burdened on society. Economically, uh, it was costing um, Africa, uh, Germany to keep them. And Germany, after the First World War, was poor. If we look at Germany today, and they are rich but there was a time that germany was poor they lost the world war for well, first world war it hit them economically and now we've got a problem so in this social unrest and this poverty up came people who were saying okay we're going to give you this social um we're going to help you get out of this mess and anyone who doesn't contribute will pay the price okay um it's not that hitler didn't like the jews he would eat it was not all the Jews in and he particularly didn't like this group of people because there were Jews who sided with with uh, 
um, Hitler. For many people who don't know that, there were Jews who actually sided for Hitler. Why? Because they were against. They knew what was going on in society. They knew what they themselves were uh, part of this ultra-Orthodox sex. And there were many problems in the sex. Pedophilia, there was rape, there was uh, um, stagnation, uh, there was suffocation, and they just wanted to get out. And so they got out um, and sided with the other side. But these people on these ultra-Orthodox did not learn their lessons. Um, and not only that, they did not understand the currents that formed their waves. What were the currents that formed their waves? The Jews were formed, like I said many times, in the Levant. The ancient kingdom of Israel was in the Levant. The Levant is a place uh, which is sitting on a fault line. Because of that fault line, they always had to isolate themselves. They had to live in close communities where they followed rules of, of certain hygiene. This certain rules of hygiene was only there for one reason, to, uh, to um, restrict the spread of any virus or pandemic that happened in that reason. Because they had to restrict the, the, the hygiene, they had to have certain hygienic rules and they attach God to it. The moment you attach God to it, you think that, oh, it's holy, but you don't understand that's not for holiness. That is for a particular geological and geographical area. And as a result of which, anyone who got sick was isolated and put on leprosy colonies. What are these leprosy colonies? People who were sent to suffocate and die of suffocation because they were it's like a covid pandemic all these people who died of covid were people who died because they were literally suffocating uh, for no oxygen okay very much like they got gassed so the karmic circle came full cycle came full circle um, they had no oxygen in in covid and so they were suffocating and they died out of the suffocation and that was a problem big problem uh, there was no food. They were sent on these leprosy colonies and they were meant to die. And you can see that in Leviticus. Leviticus says it very clearly, chapter 12, 13. Uh, you can go to chapter 12, 13, the Old Testament. Uh, Leviticus, that's the main, that's chapter 3. And from chapter 3, you have many multiple other sub-chapters and that's chapter, sub-chapter 12 and 13. Uh, read it and you will find it out. And these chapters uh, tell you how they treated um, people who were sick it is for geological and geographical reasons it's not for any other reason and uh, they had to survive but these survival tactics became a uh, tradition these traditions became ideal ideology attached to god and then they thought this they had to do it everywhere they forgot what it was really for they didn't realize what it was for and they took it everywhere with them. And then every, the thing is, every group within the wider Hebrew um, historical sects, uh, the Hebrew name, the Hebrew community, there were different multiple groups. So everyone interpreted it differently. And there was fight amongst, fight among different groups saying one is better than the other, others better than this one, this one does it better than the other. And so there were economic fights, there were political fights for power, 
to subjugate others and say, no, you have to follow it my way. And as a result of which they sunk to the bottom because they're too busy fighting with each other. Um, this, is, this is the problem. Um, this is absolutely the problem. Um, this led them to the breakup of, of the actual state of Israel. They split into two. This, the temple went into the southern half because the temple went into the southern half. They now disliked and abused the Yehud. The Yehud became their permanent memories, their enemies. I'm out and walking, so if you hear cars, it's because of that. Anyway, the Hebrew, the Yehud became their permanent enemies, and you can see that uh, in the Quran. The southern part of Yehud eventually, a thousand years later, then becomes uh, the source of um, of the Christian movement, and which eventually gives us Christianity. The northern tribes then, after that, uh, become become the source, uh, are dispersed, disbanded, and one of those sects. They, they continue fighting amongst each other, the tw- 10 tribes from the north. Some are in Rome, some in Persia, some in, in Arabia. And finally, the sect that is in Medina or Yatrib finally galvanize their power with taking Bedouins from local Arabian tribes, ga- putting them together, forming the Islamic empire. And from that Islamic movement, you get Islam. And Islam is basically a direct descendant of the ten northern tribes of um, um, of Israel, the ancient kingdom of Israel. The Orthodox ideology matches the Islamic ideology completely. They take it all about the place. Those who don't join the Islamic movement are left in between. They migrate to all places, half in India, then they. Uh, become part of the Indian movement, they become part of uh, Hindustan, they become Hindus, they change their labels. Some go to Europe, some go to Africa, uh, realign themselves. And those in, in, uh, who remain Hebrews, they remain there until the 16th century. Uh, some then changed. you got the different movements, new movements, the modern movements, reformation movements, secular movements, uh, modern orthodox movements. And one group, one group who continues this way, continues this way, uh, and doesn't change at all, are the ultra-Orthodox Jews, mainly in Germany, but also Poland, Lithuania, and these Eastern European states, as a result of which they absolutely are a burden to society. They do not evolve. Uh, The economic issue, economic problem, um, the, the leadership gets so angry and they're looking for a way out. Uh, one of the people who take, they take their, their anger out on are these Jews. Um, but as the uh, explosion happens, the, the war happens and this refugee crisis happens, they are now from just from ordinary um, ultra-Orthodox Jews, they take over not only ultra-Orthodox, they take over Orthodox Jews and they end up um, taking any Jews become part. Anytime they see the word Jew, 
they absolutely then have a problem and put all of them in concentration camps. So it becomes a wider movement to eradicate all Jews. And we know 6 million Jews lose their life in what is an ethnic cleansing and a genocide. Uh, but they, this starts with not understanding your currents and waves becoming so stagnant, not taking your responsibility, evolving, understanding that who you were you can't carry on who you were 3000 years ago you cannot say oh well life is going to give it me god is going to give it me i have food i have this i have that you cannot be dependent on others you cannot have a void someone is going to fill that void because we're currents and waves currents don't stop and waves don't stop you have a continuous movement continuous action the laws of the cosmos are continuous ripple effects are continuous doesn't stop and so, because of that, you have to have dharma. You have to understand dharma. You have to understand the laws of dharma, the laws of the cosmos, balance it. A continuous movement to understand, learn, um, evolve. And once you evolve, then you'll be free. Um, you have to take your responsibility today they they cry anti-semitism but they have still not gone back and it's going to happen again and again and again and again what happened how far can we go back what are the mistakes that they made from three thousand years ago what is the geological geographical region what were the errors they made then what can we learn how many other people uh, were involved in this region all of us would have passed through this region and all of us would have um, discriminated upon others who were sick, just like in the COVID time, and be discriminated upon. But we have not learned why. We have a... Um, the life has given us this COVID pandemic back again and has cost us dearly economically, ideologically, emotionally, mentally, and also loss of life. More than 4 million people lose their lives and they're still losing their lives. But it is also an opportunity to learn, to go back and say, this pandemic, what has it taught us? How can we go back? How many pandemics are there in society? In the past, in the ancient world, what happened? What happens to people in a pandemic? How are people treated? How do people react to pandemics? Um, and what causes the pandemic? What is the geological function that happens? What is the explosion that happens? What are the different reasons? And in the ancient world, someone who was suffering from a pandemic, my dear friends, was called a Dalit. Okay, a Dalit was someone who was poor because he did not follow the laws of God. And because he did not follow the laws of God, that means the laws of cleanliness, he was considered impure, he was considered unclean. And that unclean and impure in ancient Hebrew was called Dalit. This Dalit, this Dalit, uh, is now, uh, this Dalit is now actually become a word it's come to the indian subcontinent because all the hebrews came a lot of the hebrews came and sought refuge on the indian subcontinent and we have an underlying layer of hebrew heritage which we have forgotten 
Uh, that's because they're so eradicated and wiped out. There's not many left. So we've forgotten their history. They've been wiped out by Islamic colonization, uh, European colonization. And it's, it goes back so far that we don't have much data for that. But if you look at the cycles, you look at the, if you understand Hebrew, you understand the traditions and you will see a lot of traditions match Indian traditions because they came and in such numbers that we took them over and they recreated the Indian landscape and the image of the lands they left behind. So a lot of our mentality comes from ancient Hebrew practices, but it was meant for the Arabian desert. And this desert, unfortunately, has nothing to do with a land, a geographical land that is uh, tropical, which has got water, which has got mountains, which has got hills, uh, grain, crops. And it has nothing to do with us. And we have unfortunately been the shock absorber for this region and the region around because we're the first land of plenty um, after the desert. And that's important to understand. And this, my dear friend, they did not understand. They ended up bubbling out of, uh, volcanic, um, cascading out of sink. This cas- cascaded them up in Europe. In Europe, it ended up in what is called the genocide, the Holocaust, and as a result of which uh, we got six million dead. But till today, they have not gone back. So it's important to understand these lessons. Please, I ask you to have this conversation. I've got many, um, um, I've got many, many um, podcasts on this on my channel. Uh, Google Podcasts if you want and you see the whole list because I think it's very difficult to see it on um, it's very difficult to see it on Hub Hopper. If you can, well and good. If not, you can see it on Spotify. Uh, Spotify, it's available. Got Google Podcasts, it's available. So take a look at it. It's great. Um, understand the reasons behind the geological, geographical. What can we learn? What can we apply today? If not geological and geographical, uh, economic. Um, um, emotional, mental how can we learn, how can we apply it to ourselves and how can we rise up because the sun has to set for the sun to rise so that means we will have darkness, we will have voids we will have a downtime and we will also rise and that is important Uh, not to believe in the flat earth the earth is not flat, God is not coming to help you we have to keep moving keep evolving um, and that will be fantastic so Thank you so much for your time. I hope I've you know, had this conversation as best of my ability. I have spoken about this before, but I repeat it all the time because this is so important. It is the basis of who we are. And tomorrow I'm going to talk about uh, something else. The UPA go- government, UPA uh, political alliance with this new concept of this, India. Um, I mean, it sucks. Uh, how dare they do that? Um, But look, we'll talk about this tomorrow. For now, I take your leave. Thank you so much for your time. You have yourself a great day.